Making those final arrangements after the death of a loved one is never easy, hampered even more by the trauma and cloud of grief. Randy with Stokes, Proc and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us funeral directors are experienced and their goal is to facilitate your healing. Because when there's a death, it's traumatic to most people. So we're dealing with their acute grief. One of our roles is to comfort them and, you know, and give them order where there's disorder because they don't know what to do. They're in shock, they're numb, and they need somebody to lead them down the right path. And for the most part, that's what funeral directors do or try to do. Sometimes people know what they want, but they don't always know what they need. And that's us to give them options. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Oak Square, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Well, here we go, another day upon us and another great dose of audible chocolate for all of you to enjoy on a very spring-like day in the Chippewa Valley. Oh, it, it is going to start feeling like spring, a little bit of the the fool's gold spring the next few days. Temperatures in the mid to upper 40s will we'll probably crack 50. I think there's even a outside shot at 60 before the end of the week. And, of course, temperatures will go down. They'll probably go up again and all that. But I call it the fool's gold spring because there's only so much you could do. And, and, and just looking around today, the first day that the weather is fairly nice, it's, it's sunny, it looks nice, a lot of people out for walks. People out at lunchtime going for walks. People have gone out for walks all afternoon. I bet this evening people are going to go for walks. It's still twisted ankle weather, though. Be careful. You still get some icy spots in the shade, so be careful if you were out there. Uh, regardless, great weather the next few days. It gets you thinking of the next stage of life, and that being more outdoor activities and People that are big-time golfers are already cleaning the clubs. Hope and planning are afoot for what is to come in the next few weeks. And, and, and it gets you thinking, uh, the humbler being, we're, we're, we're two years removed this week, two years ago, to when our lives changed for a very, very long period. Don't ever forget that. Take advantage of what you have. Uh, have to talk to you about this because this has gotten all the scuttlebutt in the last, uh, say, hour or so before we came on the on the air. And it's kind of cool. Uh, daylight savings time. And by now you've all changed the clocks. First, all this bitching and moaning that I hear when it comes to daylight savings time. That is a you problem. And if you're watching on the video, and a hello to those watching on the video, but of course we don't want to forget the folks that are closing their eyes and envisioning the conversation on the podcast. 
But if you're watching on the video, you see I'm ta- I'm doing this with a smile. But it, it is something that does kind of annoy, annoy me. Like a, like a child that constantly asks why, 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 why. <laughs> All these people that bitch and moan about daylight savings time, that is a you problem. And there's probably a deeper-seated issue for you. People argue about this as though it is world affairs. Daylight savings time. And do we need it? Do we not need it? You you could break that down. But people get very annoyed and angry about daylight savings time and flipping the clock. For me, by mid-morning on Sunday, mid-morning on Sunday, I'm good to go. Hell, I'm good to go as soon as I wake up. I was doing a hockey game on the road Saturday night. Got home at about 12.30, went to bed. Clocks, of course, pushed ahead. So I was in bed by about 2 a.m. with the clocks pushed ahead. Woke up at 7 in the morning, was at church on Sunday morning. And church was full. It's a you problem. I mean, there's, still, there's people that argue that four or five days after the fact, they're still having problems. Again. If you're still waking up late and you cannot get your body clock in line, that's a you problem. Now, I did wake up a little late this morning. That's because two days later, I'd still forgotten to fast forward a clock next to my bed. (laughs) I heard my wife walking around the house. I'm looking at the clock and it's like it's 435 in the morning. What the hell is she doing up? All right. Next thing you know. It gets to be, my clock says it's 6 o'clock, and I go, huh, the, the sun's out. Oh, shoot, I forgot about the, the clock. <laughs> uh, regardless, the Senate, the U.S. Senate, has passed a bill that would cease the switching of the clocks in the spring and the fall. And if the House passes it, that'll be it for the switching of the clocks. First heard about this about six, seven years ago. Started to hear more politicians starting to push for this sort of thing. It's one of those very rare bipartisan things. It's low-hanging fruit if you're trying to make the other side of the aisle happy. So if they pass this, and this is viewed by some politicians as their way of starting a dialogue with counterparts for something else, you know, they've got a dialogue. Now they feel they can talk to this person, then by all means. Daylight savings time. If you're still bitching about that. (laughs) Uh, One thing you will not bitch about. All the great shows we have at echometownradio.com. Make sure you're checking them all out. Subscribe and follow to us on Spotify and the iHeart app. We've got a chock full lineup at echometownradio.com. So make sure you're checking them all out. Uh, Our Innate Life podcast has really been popular the last few weeks so if you haven't checked that out i'd go check out the innate life reclamation podcast don't forget the boys and girls club podcast one of the cutest podcasts you're going to get local kids doing the interviewing local kids doing the interviewing at the boys and girls club podcast somebody that's been on our podcasts before a few of our episodes across our various shows 
that we have is Charities Each. Charities Each heads up the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport. And of course, they are in the news with a bit of a bombshell announcement that came down late last week, citing a pilot shortage, and that's key, citing a pilot shortage, SkyWest, the operator, will cease United Flights in and out of Eau Claire around June 10th. So a couple more months of commercial flights operated by SkyWest serving under the banner of United before, as of now, commercial service would cease to exist at the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport. Now, again, they cite pilot shortage. That's key because you say, all right, was it something we did? No, it's, it's not something we did. It's that, you know, SkyWest is telling all of us in this area and also a number of other markets, too, that they are ceasing service. The problem isn't you, it's me. It's not you, it's me. And the numbers back that up because ridership, passengers, has been up the first couple of months of 2022. They're up even beyond pre-pandemic levels. Again, more so an issue internally with SkyWest. But passenger service numbers in Eau Claire have been going up. And remember, they were trending up as well prior to the pandemic. And they were pretty quick to rebound, too. So now we are going to get what is called a lengthy process. Last seen in this area back in 2009 when Delta departed. The puddle jumpers that Delta had to Minneapolis ceased. And then they were replaced by SkyWest that brought in the United Service, which was a, a better thing anyway for the airport. The airport really was a forgotten commodity in this area until Delta left. And if you replace the flights to Chicago with flights to Minneapolis, then, then yeah, you're, I mean, practically they were using a slingshot to get those propeller planes over Menominee and have them, you know, glide down into, <laughs> glide down into Minneapolis when it was uh, the Delta service. So the question is, do you take advantage of the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport? I think that's a big question. And I've said it before, and I've said it right to Charity's face. I think there's a, there's a whole generation of people, and they're slowly being worked out as we have other generations come in. It's been about, again, more than a decade since we had flights to Chicago. But for the longest time, the flights in and out of the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport were the propeller planes to Minneapolis. So you had a whole generation and generations grow up where the, the Chippewa Valley Airport really was not viewed as a real option. It wasn't really viewed as a legitimate option. Like, Why am I going to go there? I'm going to take a propeller plane. I'll just go to Minneapolis. You had this whole generation. Remember, just before the switch to United and going to Chicago, that's when you sort of had the boom of those those traveling vans. They'd pick people up at the old Ramada in downtown Eau Claire and you'd take the van out to the Twin Cities. So the question is, do you take advantage of the airport now? Now, not surprisingly, a lot of people have utilized this news as an opportunity to bag on the airport. They've cite cancellations, other mishaps they've had. Now, again, the numbers don't back you up. A lot of the flights to and from Eau Claire arrive on time. They depart on time. 
They've got good ridership numbers. That's not to say that when you go to Chicago O'Hare, you may miss a connecting flight, even if they arrive on time, but there was a, a short window. That's not to say anything. And the thing is, more times than not, it's very good service out of Eau Claire. Numbers-wise, it's, it's very good. But if you only travel once or twice every four or five years and you had a problem or you had somebody traveling in and they had a problem, then for you, it is, you know, 100% of the time you had a problem or 50% of the time you had a problem. So I can understand, you know, one cancellation might as well be a thousand cancellations uh, for you. But the reality is service has been very good at the airport. I've utilized it. I've flown in and out of the airport numerous times. My wife for work did when she traveled more. I've had family members fly in using the airport. It's it's very convenient having the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport. It's a lot easier than traveling to Minneapolis-St. Paul. And where I usually fly to, you have to have a layover anyway, so might as well have, you're, you're going to get to the hub of Chicago, and from Chicago, you can go anywhere. Having an airport with commercial service is a tremendous asset for any community. Now, the airport will always exist for private companies, for businesses. There are a number of law firms and CPA firms in this area that have their own jets at the airport. I always remember Charity saying, she, she did a great podcast with us once with Banker with a Beer, and we almost got her to come right out and say, who are those companies? But those companies, they've got non-disclosure agreements, and rightfully so, because if a local company, it comes out that they, they have a private jet, then all of a sudden, it, it doesn't look good. It, I... It wouldn't impact my thought of these companies and these law firms, but I know there's people out there that would look at them like, oh, you're taking my money and you're spending it on a jet. But you can start to connect the dots. Who, who, who in the area has got multiple locations around the state? Either way, the airport will always exist. The airport's not about to shut down. If anything, if anything else, the restaurant up there is very popular now. But commercial is key. I've said it before on this show. I, I grew up in an area, Utica, New York, 300,000 people in the whole metro area. No commercial airport. No commercial airport anymore there. You've got the Albany Airport 90 minutes away. Syracuse's airport is 50 minutes away. So you, they, can't, they, they can't have. They've got an airport, but no commercial service at the airport. It is key to have commercial service. It's an important and convenient option for a community. It's one of those things that makes you a community that can grow. Just like you know, Eau Claire's got the, the state university. That's big. You've got a local media market with TV stations. That separates you. you know, think of the things that you have that separate you from other larger towns. Okay? Having an airport, having TV stations, all those sort of things separate you from, say, a Rhinelander. Nice enough community, all that, but limited in, in what it has. 
If you want to be a large town with the benefits of a city, you want to have things like an airport with commercial service. It's important and it's a convenient option. I think that's the key. It's an option. Even if you chose to fly out of Minneapolis, St. Paul or Chicago, and we know there's a number of people that trap that drive from Eau Claire down to Chicago to fly. Don't understand it. Don't get it. I'm going to talk to you in a moment about how you think you're gaming the system, but you're not. But even if you fly out of those places, Eau Claire's an option. This week, there was a chance I was going to have to fly back east. All right. And I was looking last week, and remember, we got spring break at the end of this week, so flight options are limited anywhere. But I looked at Eau Claire. Eventually, if I was going to fly out, I was going to have to fly out of Minneapolis, St. Paul, just because there just wasn't anything uh, really available at Eau Claire on Thursday when I was going to leave. But I looked at Eau Claire, and I wanted to fly out of Eau Claire, and I would have preferred to fly out of Eau Claire. The flight out of Minneapolis, St. Paul would have been, you know, like a hundred bucks cheap. But remember that all balances itself out with a, a number of things. But it was more so if I flew out of Eau Claire, the way it was, I was going to have to have two or three layovers. Flying out of Minneapolis, St. Paul, it was going to be one layover. Now, typically when I fly out of Eau Claire, I don't need that many layovers, but trying to do it quick and all that, what have you. But you want to have that option. I think that's very important. You need to have that option. Now, would it be nice to have more flights in and out of the Eau Claire Airport and as we hopefully get another commercial carrier to come in? Yeah, I think it would be great to have more flights. And remember what Charity said on our podcast before. Before the pandemic, it seemed very likely we were going to get more flights from United. The, the ridership numbers were trending up, all that. Now, the, the pandemic threw a blanket on that, but we were trending towards having more daily flights to and from the area. So again, will we get another carrier? I believe so. Definitely believe so. And I go back to this, what something else that Charity once told us. She noted, you're not looking to get everybody that, fly, that drives to Minneapolis or goes to Chicago, which is still a head-scratcher, to fly out of Eau Claire. Not trying to get everybody. But if you can get 1% or 2% of the people that fly, that drive and leave elsewhere to leave from the Eau Claire airport, then that was going to be, that would be a huge catalyst for other carriers to come to Eau Claire. Now, of course, people have said, you know, why, people have thrown out, why do we get an Allegiant Airlines? Why do we get one of those to come in? And that, that's been looked at. That's been looked at for that. But you need to have people flying out of the airport. And again, you're not gaming the system. There's some of you out there that say, well, I always fly out of Minneapolis. It's cheaper by 150 bucks for me to fly out of there. Okay. All right. What, what old Scotty, you already know this. You already know this, but it's like looking in a mirror. Think of it as a verbal mirror. Let's say you live in Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, and you said, I'm gonna I'm 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 traveling to let's think of a spot here. You're gonna travel to God knows, you're gonna go somewhere in the Carolinas. 
And no matter what, there's no direct flight. You're going to have to do a layover somewhere. You can fly out of Eau Claire. You can fly out of Minneapolis. You decide, I'm going to drive to Minneapolis. It's going to be 150 bucks cheaper for me to fly. So you get in, all right? First off, gas is going to gas is going to equal itself out paying for parking. All right? You're going to end up paying more and time. Your time is valuable. That's 3 hours of your time traveling to and back, 3 hour commute. And you, to go to Minneapolis St. Paul Airport, you got to get there earlier too. It's going to take you longer to get through baggage claim, all that sort of thing. And checking in, think of that. You say, "What, well, Scott? Scott, hold on." I'm not going to pay for parking. I'm going to have a friend drive me out there. All right, but your friend's probably still going to want some money. Well, no, no, no. My friend isn't going to ask for money. All right. Now they owe, Now you owe them your soul. Because if they drive you out, they don't ask for anything or anything like that. You think you got that for free. But you're going to have to pay it back to them somehow. Even if it's not financially, it's something. Again, your time. You don't value your time if you choose the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport when there is a legitimate option in Eau Claire. And don't get me started on the, on the fools that drive all the way to Chicago. Are there exceptions? Yeah, there is. If you're flying overseas, if you're flying overseas, I mean, there are, there are direct international flights out of Minneapolis-St. Paul. I can understand. Same thing with Chicago. I can understand. International flights. There's other examples. Spring break this week. A lot of people are going to be going to Orlando, Florida. And if you're taking your kids and you don't want to do a, a, a layover, you're like, hey, I just want the one quick shot from Minneapolis to Orlando. I got two kids. I got a husband or wife that's like a third child. Then I can understand that too. All right, but don't think don't think you're overthinking it with the price. Speaking of kids, uh, as we move on, the Eau Claire Children's Museum has dropped their mask requirement. Of course, they still got the temporary spot and all that. Uh, that 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 you talk about options as we come up on spring break week. It's not really the Children's Museum. It's kind of sad because you had the COVID. <clears throat> And that shut it down, and they, they tried to come back and all that. And now they've got the temporary spot until they open up their, their lovely new facility in about a year. Uh, but it's, is it really an option to take your kids to have fun? I mean, I know a number of people are. I love the Children's Museum. I'm going to love it even more. My kids will be, what, 11 and 9. They'll still be of the age that will like the Children's Museum. But it's going to be about three years between them getting to enjoy it before the new one opens up. Uh, Blue Golds earned a share of a national title in indoor track and field. Congratulations to them. We'll talk more about it on Blue Gold Banter, which will come out on Wednesday. Uh, but congratulations. That's now two natties for Blue Gold Athletics, the women's volleyball team in the fall and now indoor track and field on uh, the men's side. Congratulations to them. Uh Track and field is not a sport that has a huge fan base in this area, but that that may change when they start to be able to have some home meets for the outdoor team in a couple of years at Simpson Field. Uh, saw this story. It's one of those odd stories, but it's, it's not necessarily funny. 
79-year-old man has been charged with stalking and uh, harassment of a female friend. The criminal complaint goes like this. Altoona police were called in November to a residence on a report of a man had flashed a gun at a female. Apparently these two, and we don't know the age of the female, the relation, these two had a relationship, not an intimate relationship. They had a relationship start at a McDonald's. He gave her money, and she provided an ear for him, an ear for him to listen. He, he talked to her. They developed some type of rapport. Over time, she began to feel uncomfortable around him. Yeah, he, she, you know, maybe he, he was making maybe, uh, some passes. Perhaps that was the case or whatever. But she felt threatened by him. She, or even so, she, yeah, they were nothing more than an acquaintance, and he wanted to be a friend. Could even have been that. Uh, but she began to feel uncomfortable. She wanted to kind of, hey, you know what? Uh, well, well, I'll, I'll see you when I see you, sort of thing. He wouldn't have any of it. She had to block his number on her cell phone. He eventually followed her home. All that. That happened. That was all in November. And then it, apparently it continued after that, if I look at this correctly, because it was earlier this month that the Eau Claire police got involved. And now he's charged and, and, all, and all of that. Uh, we'll see how that story uh, plays out there. But uh, 79-year-old uh, man. Uh, charged with uh, stalking and harassing a female uh, who he wanted to be friendly with. Uh, boy, this is a terrible, terrible segue uh, to this. Uh, but it got me thinking about two, three weeks ago, I think there was a letter to the editor in the Leader Telegram. Somebody was complaining, hey, why don't we open up the dining rooms and uh, at fast food restaurants? Uh, McDonald's weren't open, Burger King's weren't open, Hardee's weren't open. None of these dining rooms were open at these fast food restaurants. Uh, now I'm starting to see big signs out in front of these places saying, hey, dining room open. Not all, I don't think all of them yet, but the vast majority of them are, are now opening up uh, or they're opening up at least for some hours. And I think that's important. I, I really do think that is important to have that dining room. It, it, Traveling outside this area, you see the dining rooms open everywhere now. Heck, you just have to go just outside the city limits and you'll start seeing more of the dining rooms open. It was just an Eau Claire thing. And it, it had nothing to do with any type of mandate from the government here locally. Uh, so it's good to start seeing these places open up more. There's a number of people. That's their social interaction is they get together, we all have the, the joke or the image in our head of the, the group of experienced community members gathered around having their five-cent coffee at McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, uh, but that's real. And not even that. You know, it's nice to you know go through a drive-thru, get something, take it home, but sometimes you just want to sit there and eat it. You want to sit there. It's another step of us getting out of this and... You know, I, I'm sure in a couple months here, are starting to hear the rumblings of there maybe being another 
rising cases, but I think we're we're at 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 this point we're 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 done with this as being something that's going to disrupt our lives. May disrupt your life, may disrupt my life. It's a very real disease. You and I both know that at this point, but I think we're all done with it unilaterally impacting life. Like if I tomorrow if I tomorrow come down with a sore throat and uh, sniffles and all of that, and I don't feel well, and it's not COVID, it's not COVID, then, you know, life continues on. I can enjoy other things. I, you know, I may even still try to get out of the house and do something if I can move around. But we're done with COVID impact. I think people are just flat out done with that. I know it's kind of a cliche for that. Hence the reason we're able to talk about other things, uh, like uh, the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport. Uh, again, June 10th. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, again, if this area got service about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, and the ridership wasn't what it is now, I, I would think that they'll be able to get something. And of course, you know, Ron Kine is involved. The politicians are going to get involved uh, to try to uh, uh, get us service. And I think uh, Ron Kine reached out to Pete Buttigieg, uh, the Department of uh, transportation and all of that uh, to make sure Eau Claire uh, keeps that. If you want to look at a negative side, if Eau Claire goes a while without commercial service, then there goes the momentum that the airport had. Back with you on Thursday, another edition of Talk of the Town. We'll have shows on Thursday and then we'll have two shows next week as well before we take a two-week sabbatical which will be a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of breaks, I get a little break, a little fun in the sun for old Scotty in a couple of weeks. Uh, on behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.